Welcome to The Uncertainties, the podcast for 20-somethings who don't quite have their shit together yet. I'm your host, Karis, and I started this podcast because the last few years have been a huge learning curve for me, entering the world of work, moving out of my family home, trying and often failing to live up to the challenges of being a fully-fledged adult. It can be overwhelming at the best of times, and I know that I'm not the only person who feels like this because I'm going to be speaking to a bunch of my friends and people that I admire about the struggles that they have faced and how they are able to absolutely smash life. Today's guest graduated in 2017 as a structural engineer, but after placements and a two-year job working for a structural engineering consultancy, he decided that engineering was not the path that he wanted to pursue. Since then, he has become an established group and fitness instructor and now works at Cycle. However, gyms were one of the sectors that were most affected by COVID and have been shut for the best part of a year. But now that Boris has officially announced uh, the UK's roadmap to normality and gyms set to reopen on the 12th of April, the end is in sight. But to say that he has successfully navigated lots of periods of uncertainty and come out much stronger on the other side would be an understatement. So welcome, Liam. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. And I didn't even mention your like low-key celebrity status either. I, I think you mean high key. I think high key, high key. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I've been drinking before this podcast. I was like, I'm so nervous to be a celebrity. It's insane. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm really good. It's the sun is shining for the last few days, and oh, spring so is nice, in the air. It is crazy how much the weather affects everyone's mood. You can immediately tell, even on calls, like on my work calls. <laughs> usually it's just like hey yeah like in the morning you're like yeah yeah okay this is your job for today go away and everyone's like morning how are you doing you're like wow you're you're pretty sparky today yeah honestly and mine is like i when would i ever stop saying i can't believe the sun's still up it's five o'clock it's quarter past five and it's still the sunlight outside this is amazing like i've never seen summer before in my whole life honestly we're so british i think exactly the same thing today i was like just amazing just a few weeks ago, dark, 3pm. <laughs> I went out in shorts today and I was like, honestly, I felt like the only person. Shorts. Oh my God, I've not actually yet um, braved shorts. That's that's quite intense. The only thing is it is quite windy. Or maybe it's just it where windy. we are. But yeah. I think having like a big, I still wear a jacket, not a big jacket, but a jacket. Mm, and then just like mm-hmm. a leg hair. And my leg hair just is basically like wearing a leg in anywhere. <laughs> Same. The minor goes definitely. Since March 2020. Being <laughs> grown. Oh my God. But yeah, no, I thought it was your like story. Not that I know it and I'm very excited to hear about it, but it's so interesting because you know, even saying it within the same sentence, going from engineering to like fitness is such a large jump. And I'm so intrigued as to how you like made that leap and went through that whole entire journey. But let's bring it back one second to um, your time at uni and Mm -hmm. engineering. That is literally a world that is so far from (laughs) what I know. So don't get too jargony. Honestly, same. (laughs) Yeah, how did how did you decide engineering? What was that like? So engineering came from many years. Of, like at school, I was very like maths and sciencey, and hiding kind of part of my personality, as you know, of like mm. my creative side. Um, 
and I would always go down the science and math route and I always knew I wanted to kind of build things and I was obsessed I say was I'm still obsessed with roller coasters and roller coaster you have roller coaster tycoon Baby, Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, and that's where it started. That's oh my God, again. I loved it. The best. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, I'm going to have this job. And How I went sick to... would that job be, though? Is that a job that exists? It must be. Well, it is a job that exists, and it's so few and far between. But I had such the mindset of, like, someone does it. Yeah, that's all I can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why not me? I mean, very, yeah, good logic. <laughs> um, so I went to uni, kind of, like, I knew I wanted to build things, and I also like like structures and, like, architecture so engineering just seemed to make the correct fit. sense. Yeah. Um, I'd say how wrong I was, but I wouldn't say it's always how wrong I was. But there's definitely there was definitely elements of it that I enjoy still. And I, even the other day we were on a walk and I saw a building site and I was like, there is a part of me that still has an affinity for that, and then the other part of me that lost the love for it completely. And I remember what I do now, and I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, like, I made the right decision. So yeah. when did you start having slight doubts that you were like, was it during your time at university? And also because you were at uni for four years, weren't you? So does that mean four, that you yeah. did... Um, a master's, a ma- yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay, I thought so maybe you'd so, done, um, what is it called when you do a year out? Uh, industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how it works in um, engineering is you do an undergrad, but... In your second year, you decide if you want to stay on for a master's. And basically, oh. if you want to get a job in engineering, if you, you don't do a to. master's, there's no that you wouldn't get a master's just doing a. It's called a BN, so like you know, yours is a BA. It's like ours is a bachelor's of engineering. And unless oh, you have an so MN, they don't really. Did you, they did don't you know that you. before you started uni that you were going to have to do that? Yeah, yeah, we oh, did. Okay. Yes, because I, I actually went on to the bachelor's degree. Mm. because it was easier to get in on the grades and then they said like you can transition second year if you ha- you had to get over 65 percent um average for you to transition to masters oh, and then wow. that's pretty much all the course do unless they're like they've already decided like definitely not engineering is for me or they just didn't make the cut didn't make the cut oh my god I didn't make the cut and simon cow was there babe, going, babe. oh is that a 64 is that a 64 sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh my god is it like the cyber cow thing where it's like i'm so sorry to tell you you made it through to your master <laughs> that. that was results day <laughs> um you kind of touched on it a little bit slightly there but i find it so interesting that you said that you were super mathsy and sciencey as a way of disguising parts of yourself i just want to talk yeah. about that a little bit more yeah. in detail <laughs> um why do you think like that that you decided to use those parts to disguise yourself um it's so strange like how your brain works at school and how judged you feel even when you like even when you're like you haven't even answered your own questions yet but there were so many like allegations or questions at that time I even remember so vividly my art teacher was like you should do GCSE art like you're really good and I think you should start progressing through art and I was like absolutely no way I that is social suicide as they say in Mean Girls (laughs) and I ended up doing like like I think I did like double or triple science I was like the only creative thing I took was graphics and I was like only boys really took graphics and I was like I'm still like blending in and like camouflaging myself and I think there were like some mistakes I've always said I would love to go into schools and tell people not to do that but I think that's the question maybe coming up later I don't know just from what we've discussed before yeah totally that's so interesting that you yeah that um that is something that you felt like 
was a good way of disguising that. When you say allegations, do you mean from teachers? Oh, it's never from teachers. It was always oh from my students. god, I was like, like <laughs> was your <laughs> art teacher like? No, 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 no. That is <laughs> so <on>. unprofessional. <laughs> no, no, no. It's never like I'm, I mean, I'm sure the teachers probably knew better than the students, even. Um, but at that time, you think you're hiding it so well, don't you? So one of my such vivid memories is in year nine art, my art teacher telling me like, oh, you should do art, like you're really good at it, you do well, right, it's probably nice to like have a bit. I think especially at the time, they were almost like diversity of subjects, like not go to book heavy. And then I was like, absolutely not. The allegations, the questions, I just didn't want to be a part of at the time. Um, so I remember I like picked graphic design because it still felt like, really masculine and like a lot of boys did it. And like, I think they designed cars and I was like, we can do that. Mm. Um, so I ended up doing that instead of like maybe picking the correct choices all the way back then as a younger, younger child. You're not really taught to challenge yourself at school, are you? You're meant to just be like, push what's going well and kind of scrap what's not. Yeah, because it's all about performance, isn't it? So you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. if I can get an A in this and I'll just keep doing yeah. it instead of being yeah. like, oh, this might be a bit harder, but it's but more where my... Yeah, totally. So when you you had um, your two-year job as a structural... Well, in a structural engineering consultancy... Um, at what point was it during that job that you really had that final epiphany to be like, this is, I've, I've really given this my best shot now and I don't think it's going in the way that I want to. Yeah, I definitely. I, I think it was after the first six months, six to seven months. Oh, really? Okay. That it was, I remember honestly so vividly now as well that on my first week to two weeks of work and it was obviously just like the professionalism and like I just moved to London I didn't live here before and I remember being like I can't believe I'm one of the lucky ones that does exactly what they want to do in life and they love what they do and they every just day and I was like check 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 <gasps> and then the slowly the it started to unravel a bit and then I just I'd lost it I'd lost it all really yeah it was quite it's quite dramatic <laughs> fall off and I tried and I kept going back and tried but it was like I don't know bashing it bashing a wall that just wasn't moving and you're like sometimes you try and sometimes you try and you cry and then sometimes you try and be happy about it and then before yeah. you know it the wall isn't doing it how did it take you that extra like year to come like finally kind of what's the word cut the cord cut, cut the, the cord, cord. <laughs> Well, I'll let you into a little secret. It wasn't necessarily me who cut the cord. I mean, <laughs> sometimes easier that way. Yeah. Well, I definitely, um, it was like snowballing and snowballing, getting worse and worse. And then I would, it was almost like being in a bad relationship. You'd have five minutes of it being good and then you'd forget about the five months of it being bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'd almost get like a glimmer. Like I was just hoping for more work if anything and like more thing I, I was just stuck at a desk all day which is not what I thought engineering was going to be like mm. I wanted to be going to meetings talking with architects going to site like all this but I was always just left at the desk it just wasn't the diversity that I was looking for and then I think I would lose interest in the job mm. and then they would maybe be like oh Liam you're going to go to this site soon and then I would try and make the most of that and like really impress them with what I've done with the work and then thinking I would get it more and then I wouldn't again. But like, it's almost like a month at a time that that would happen in like a bit of a cyclic pattern. Right. 
And then I think in, the more that I was getting detached from the job, obviously the less that they wanted to invest in me as well, because it's it was a two way street always. Yeah, exactly. Like, they can I can always tell. tell mm, I can always tell my like completely biased side of the story, but there's always two sides of the story and then the truth just mine's a bit closer to the truth (laughs) (laughs) mine's 99% the truth and theirs is 1% 1 but you know whatever it is what it is like what is your experience now looking back on that time are you happy that you gave that job a go do you wish that you had like quit uh earlier do you are you happy that you've like had that experience and that you've what you've learned from that experience like what what is your kind of retrospective thoughts on that whole period of your life I think definitely all still glad and like I'm such a person who's like everything is less and everything happens for a reason like that's just always been me well not always but definitely recently has been me and I think that job like led me to coming to London, which I never, I didn't ever plan on coming to London. Really, okay. I always wanted to. I always wanted to go to Manchester first, straight after oh, uni. Are you are you from the north? So I'm from the Midlands, like in between Manchester and Birmingham, a place called Stafford. Oh, I know that. I've driven through there before. And that's the only thing anyone ever says. <laughs> I've driven through Stafford. I've seen that on the side. <laughs> but that's honestly the only reason why people know Stafford. I mean, you keep driving straight past. There's not much going on there, if I'm honest with you. I mean, I'm from Reading, which is an like, very <laughs> meh place to be. So don't worry. I get it. Um, and then when I was applying for jobs, it just so happened that traction was in London way more so I came down to London and I met some really fun people on the job some people I still speak to now um like yeah three or four people I'm still really good friends with and I think it made me explore that professional side which I've now broken away from when Mm. I'm don't get me wrong I know this is the uncertainties but I do still have moments of that I do worry about what I'm doing now and would I rather have that security yeah, the doubt. because I've had I think we'll always doubt. have doubt in our 20s won't we like yeah. are we doing the right thing yeah but I think because I've had that and then now I transition I can kind of I do have a good comparison of both mm. it's not that I just went I'm not doing that and um when it went a different path I've done it I've experienced it and really realized it wasn't for me and then ended up living in a city which pretty much the job that I do now only exists here in London, um, in the UK even. Mm. Um, yeah, there's yeah, a few other that's cities. That's such an interesting but... point. Do, is, it, is it really that focused in London? Would you not really be able to like explore that anywhere else? Not on the scale that I do, that we do it at here. Like yeah. Manchester is up and coming, but... London is like the only place in the UK really that has this variety and it has um, like this interest and stuff in boutique fitness. Mm. There's only a few cities in the world really that do it at this scale. I don't know if you have this, but obviously I've had um, a similar experience of, of throwing myself into two jobs and kind of failing at both of them <laughs> and now it's led me to where I am now and I'm exactly. very happy. Um, but I think uh I don't know if you if you feel the same way but it now makes me I'm now in a place where I don't fear failure as much because I have failed and I know that um I've learned a lot from it so it's like yeah. I don't and I'm the same as you in that even though at the time those jobs were really difficult and really testing and you know I was quite severely unhappy for like long (laughs) periods of my life 
long, um, like long, long. <laughs> like super long. But, um, but I like same as you. I I do have lots of friends and lots of connections still from both of those companies that I can take away with me and be like, you know what, this wasn't a complete. It, you know, doing these things would never be a waste of time, but like it, it definitely was, and like there were still lots of things that I've like learned and lots of things to take away from that experience. I think that's that's yeah. really good. And actually, it was interesting because you, when I asked you about um, overcoming that, and you said feeling the fear and stepping into discomfort, and I think that is something yeah. that a lot of people feel really paralyzed by mm-hmm. in their life. Is like they just love comfort and they love be- feeling comfortable like it obviously we all do and um I think it's it's a sign of real bravery in a person to just like step mm-hmm. out of their their comfort mm-hmm. zone so yeah I really and liked it, that answer uh, it's something that I have to remind myself all the time still like it's not something that I'm just like now I'm uh, I don't see fear or anything everything I do I still have to like think about and like put myself in an uncomfortable position but then I think about all the times I have been in those uncomfortable positions and grown and become changed so much quicker then I'm like okay cool do it but then there's so many things I'm still fearful of that I'm like I want to do that but <laughs> I'm not quite ready yet or whatever it is <laughs> but I will be at some point I will be it's small things like I've always talked about I'm going to put it into existence now on a podcast so I've do always it. talked manifest about like that bitch. <laughs> manifest manifest always <laughs> honestly um, if I... people could drink every time I say manifest on this <laughs> fucking <laughs> podcast they're probably like oh, is she talking about <laughs> fucking <laughs> manifesting <laughs> again yeah. um, but I've always like wanted to go more online and have like a fitness Instagram profile and oh, have like cool. online clients um, but it's something I'm so fearful of failing at that I always find barriers and excuses all the time. Um, but it's something that I need like read all these like self-help books and then I'll do like one thing that's proactive and then I'll feel good for a while. But it's something that I want to set into role, uh, into action and into role, um, a bit more. So that's into existence. That's, that would be really cool. And definitely, because you've got quite um, quite a strong following on, like, social media as it is. I don't yeah. imagine that to be a difficult, like, thing to obtain at all. And especially, yeah. like, in the age and era that we're in right now, like, it's, like, now is really definitely the time. Oh, my God, like so much. Were you doing, um, uh, like, online exercise classes during lockdown? Yeah, so I did. It's for lockdown one. I didn't do anything. I just did outdoor PT when we could, because obviously it was summertime, yeah. it was easy to get clients, and then November lockdown hit, and <laughs> let's just say people, people didn't want to be sitting in, sitting outside <laughs> in the rain. And it just it became quite um, a struggle of, like, I didn't want to stand in the rain, or my client didn't want to stand in the rain. You're always, like, rearranging and readjusting. So I did go online then. I did my own personal Zooms. Um which I really enjoyed. It's one of those ones where, like, beforehand, I'm always like, oh, I just wish we were in the studio. Then when I mm. do it, and you just remember that you're still helping people so much, even though yeah. it's on the screen. It's probably even more so because it's their one time away from their desk or a little release, even what it is, even if they're, like, not. I know I'm, anyone working out at home at the minute, it's like you have to really force yourself to do oh, it. Oh, my God. It is, <laughs> it is I gave Holly, uh, I would say, like, a 15-minute pep talk today. She was like, do I want to go on this one? I was like, you can do this. I didn't have to shove her out the door. But, I mean, I'm exactly the same. It's literally like, 
such a struggle to yeah. to be maybe, active. Maybe fitness instructor is your next next path. Maybe with his fifty minute pets on. Fast. But so you still have to remember that. And then I did that through November, mm. and then we came back. Obviously, knowing we were going to come back in lockdown in January from December when we went into tier tier five or four lockdown, whatever they were calling it back then. God knows, and tier twenty seven, <laughs> literally tier tier of tears. Literally, how many tears? No tears tier left squared. to cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just finished last year feeling really deflated, and on social media, seeing towards the end of twenty twenty, people being like, "Start my January challenge." Um, sign up now or uh, we'll be starting on the 2nd of January and I was like I've got nothing to give these people like I'm empty how am I meant to go on screen and pretend that it's fine Mm. when I don't feel fine so I actually opted to not do um, January stuff and then I've um, slowly come back teaching for the companies I work for for Cycling F45 online and I'm just doing them and then um, one for my friend's company as well, which is like just keeping me active and happy with what I'm doing, but mm. it's not it's not like as much as we used to do as normal fitness trainers. But you're yeah. so right that like that's so much pressure on then the instructors who are also going through a lockdown to be bringing that and en- like yeah. that energy to yeah. help motivate the rest of of like the nation. So especially because it's like it, every time we go into lockdown, it honestly it takes two weeks of me to transition Mm. it's almost like to the day of like me coming back to like I've lost my job again um I only really started in the fitness industry less than a year before we started all this lockdown stuff so like I didn't feel established I kept going back feeling great feeling happy again and that's when it's getting saturated that's when we're with us coming out and this new roadmap that's being given I'm almost like a little bit glad that it's longer than I thought it was going to be because I was like I can handle being in this for four four more weeks I can't handle doing it again and getting pushed back again because mm. I keep getting excited and like yeah, um, career, my really career is progressing. It's so like, like how got... every time you're you're like yeah exactly when you get the ball rolling and then it's like halted again. It's like how yeah. do you re-energize yourself to like get yeah. back on that horse? Yeah. Like you're literally just being as well, around. We're, as fitness instructors, at the most part, we're self-employed. So when we lose our jobs, we lose our jobs. That's it. Like there's no furlough. I haven't been employed for very long, so I don't get the government grant. So it's like oh that God, whole no, thing. So you weren't followed like, or anything? No, because we're, we're, we're contractors. So. Oh, God. So it's not you don't really get any protection no, as an employee. Nothing. That's really scary. That's really yeah. scary. Especially as a job, again, like being uncertain about things and what makes me think about professional life is... Mm. Every time we're going into a lockdown, I'm thinking, oh, should I be doing this? Should I be part? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because y- you could be in something that's secure and progressive, or you could do something you love, and there's the risks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a balance. And it's just so frustrating because, as I just mentioned, like fitness is huge. Like if all of the kind of sectors it's like had a massive boom and in mm. any other situation you'd be like you will 1000% excel at this it's like fucking covid is the one thing that we're getting literally. the way of that it's just insane literally. that this has happened I know and literally I, I became self-employed in May 2019 and it was 10 months later oh my we were God. in lockdown and it was like I just started at cycle and then I was worried we weren't gonna go back and then we went back and we were stronger than ever and then um I've actually got a job 
hopefully in another gym soon um but that was meant to happen in january and i was so excited to come back to like new year to like promotions and new jobs and then that's all being halted and you're it just came around with like the new year of i know everyone was like can't wait for this year to be over in 2020 but like and i was very much in the mindset of this is going on longer but when first mm. of january hit second of january here i thought here i am again sat at home unemployed <laughs> oh my how god <laughs> boo i don't know how how you've like motivated yourself because that is that is tough that is so tough yeah. were you always um like we have you always been really really into fitness like as soon as you left your job were you like did you know immediately you were like i'm i love fitness this is exactly fitness, what i want to do absolutely not really absolutely not absolutely no not way. i would love to like bump into one of my PE teachers at school and be like, I am now a fitness instructor in London. Oh my god, like, they're like, there's the you doing the bleep test like ten years yeah, ago. Like, fuck yeah. off. And I, I was quite like, I was, I wasn't like a huge child, but I was definitely fatter. Like when I was a kid, I had no interest in like any sports. I still did like all right at PE. I wasn't like awful, but I wasn't. I wasn't on any of the teams. I think it could stem from primary school. Our primary school just did not care about sports at all. So I went into secondary school on such a back foot. Like I was like, what is this football you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> we used to, we honestly used to country, country dance in primary school. That was literally all we did. Oh my I was God, head I of the line, that. skipping backwards and forwards. <laughs> that was oh my God, then. send me to that um, school. Love that. <laughs> I don't need the details. I don't need the details. Was it like five, six, seven, eight months? <laughs> <girl, laughs> like, so I, I went. Uh, it was a bit more like linking it like i don't know it's very culty now when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> very like wicker man vibes oh, <laughs> um but then i um wait, wait and then when did i get into fitness? was it when you Honestly, moved to when, london so it's it was it, towards the end of uni it was actually towards when i like after i came out and i was like I could kind of like look and I went into fitness for the wrong reasons to begin with. I was like aesthetics, aesthetics, aesthetics. That was it. Like I want to look like ripped. I want to look like this. If I look like, if I have this body, I can get these guys. Um, and then that's where I kind of started. But I literally would timidly go into the gym and be like, I don't know how to use anything. And this, I was probably 21 at this time still. No, I was 21. I would have been 21. And then, um, I just started to get into a routine and then realized that like, I just loved it being part of my life from mm. then. And it, it was something that like never left. Like I always like, it was almost like a release from work as well. Like I would love like leaving work and going to the gym and being like, ah, oh, it's like your headspace, isn't it? Yeah. So you have um, spoken about this a little bit and touched on it a little bit already, but um, in terms of, you being at school and talking about hiding parts of your personality and then talking a little bit about um, your experience of going into cycle and fitness. I would just love for you to talk a little bit about your experience coming out. Was it, did you say that it was when you were 21? 21, yeah. So it was my third year of uni. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so and it's what, quite what was that? late, I guess. I don't know. I never know. I don't, I don't really like putting like a late or early yeah. judge on it. But, oh, pardon me. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> how unladylike of me just as we go on to this topic <laughs> um so for me what it was it's like I always I always say to people like I always knew like I always knew there was that side to me mm. 
Um, but I also had a genuine interest in women. Like I mm. definitely did through my teenage years. But now looking back, I'm like, was it just a blockade? Like I would date women and like I'd get with women and I'd slept with a couple here or there. Um, but it was mostly like it would get to a point where, and I would cut it off. And um, so I always knew there was the other side, but for so long I thought, could I just block it enough and just live a quote unquote, which now I think is terrible a normal life mm. um, and just move through. Um, and then it kind of, the feelings got stronger and stronger and they started to experiment with men. And I remember the first time I was actually like, I hated that. I'm not gay. This is great. It's pat on the back. <laughs> like, I, I don't really, know why it was, was like, that I uni? was like, it was, um, I think I was at uni, but I wasn't at uni at the right, time. Right, I see. Yeah, um, yeah. And then I remember being like, oh, I'm really happy, which now it's like, it blags my head. Like, it, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, like having these thoughts. And then it would happen again. And then I, I kind of like slowly would sleep with more and more guys, like on the sly. And then it happened with this one guy who I would say would be like, is one of a role model. Um, this guy called, I don't know if we're allowed to say names, so I'll just say this guy from Manchester. Mm. Um, ended up chatting to him, but actually forming like a connection that wasn't sexual. Mm. And it was New Year's Eve of the year before I came out. I can't remember the exact year now. Um, and I was going to Manchester for a night out for New Year's anyway. And I was actually about to be like, it wasn't lockdown then. I was like, it's just, it's just, you know, oh what you're God, about yeah, I know. Now and you're like, wait, what? I'm not allowed Am to I allowed? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and then, but I basically told my parents that I was meeting my friends at like five, but I wasn't meeting my friends till like seven. So I ha- I went in to go meet this guy oh, on, I see, yeah. on a date before I went to go meet my friends. And I was just sat on this date and I was like, oh, this is how it's meant to feel. This is how it's meant to go. Mm. And like, we just had this instant connection. And like, I was like, this is the feeling. Like, this yeah, is this, the feeling. this feels so right. Yeah. And then anyway, we went out and it was New Year's. We went out my night out and I was lucky with a friend who like, she just doesn't ask questions. So I just like snuck off halfway through the night and went to go meet this guy. Oh, and um, yeah. I know, I know. And then, um, we ended up having a sleepover and then we had like a bit of time together the next day. And I just remember feeling like so comfortable, so at ease. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to have to tell people like, this is it. Like none of this. I was like, am I bi? Am I pan? Like, what is it? I was like, this just has to be, Mm -hmm. I'm gay and we're going to go with it. So we went back to uni and it was exam season. It was January. And I was like, I just couldn't do it through that time. And through this whole exam period time, I was holding this like huge secret and I wanted to tell people. And sometimes I'd maybe want to go to, and then it didn't feel like the right time to like drop this news when everyone is so distracted and busy with other, other things. And Mm. so was I really. Um, And I remember it was one of, we were going out and it was when Rihanna work had just come out. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's all. Honestly, God bless Rihanna. God bless bad girl. But I, it would come <laughs> out and I'd be dancing in my room, in my uni room, basically with the door like, like batty flicking, twerking to myself oh, in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went to one of our friends for pre drinks and they were like, and everyone knows I'm the biggest Rihanna fan. Um, everyone's like, put on Rihanna's new song, put on Rihanna's new song. And I was like, two stepping in their lounge. And I was like, mm, this, no, isn't this, this isn't me. This isn't me. 
and that night I came out like to everyone at uni literally oh everyone God. who was there so it was Rihanna on a night was out part of your journey Rih- I love Rihanna that. was part of my journey Rihanna you should down, literally write her <laughs> you should write to her and be like Rihanna you are the reason I came out Get I honestly out. think she would be like yes, yes. you'll see me in Savage Fenny 2021 show yeah, <laughs> oh my um, God what but that night I went out and I remember being really conscious of not getting too drunk because mm. I was like, I think I want to tell people, like, I think I'm ready, but I didn't want it to be like a, I'm drunk, like, I'm gay, yeah, sorry, yeah. no, I'm drunk, I'm drunk and gay. <laughs> and I remember telling one friend, we she we just got out of the cab to into town, and she was like, oh, um, I just need to go to the shop, and I went with her, and then afterwards I was like, I've got something funny to tell you, I'm gay, and then it just went from there. Like I literally told everyone that night, and then people found out afterwards who weren't on that night. Mm. And then I had to hold it in as a secret from my family for a while because I didn't want to tell them over the phone. So um, I waited till the Easter break that year and then told them as well. And then honestly, it seems like a different life before now. That's so crazy. It's really interesting the way that you um, talk about it because I feel like, um, and like that's not even that long ago, but again, I feel like we are in a bit of a different stage in how we all perceive sexuality. Do you know what I mean? And like the fact that... um, you were like, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, maybe I'm bisexual, maybe I'm pansexual, maybe I'm this, but I'm going to just go with being gay. It's so interesting now because I think that we really, we've, our public consciousness has changed and how we like will view sexuality as quite mm. fluid and yeah. like, not have to like feel the need to maybe put as many put uh, in. labels in, I guess. I don't know if just always that fear of like, if I said bi or pan or anything, everyone would be like, oh, he's just waiting to be gay. Cause I, I slowly knew that those feelings were stronger. Mm. And like now looking like I am just gay, like it is just that, um, don't get me wrong. I love, I always say I've got 5% bad gal. You're in that as well. <laughs> but like, <laughs> what, does he act, does he act on it now? No. <laughs> oh, and how, how did you feel about, um, coming out to your family was was that like quite a difficult experience and a difficult conversation for you or, or were they very like did you come from a slightly I don't know, like religious or any kind of background that could have made that conversation a little bit harder um I'd always come from like a very loving background like both mum and dad's side my dad is very religious catholic but like never to a point that I ever thought religion would get into a way like he is a mm. eucharistic minister but it's, it would never be like damning that he had a gay son I think it was just more like you know sometimes like comments are just made like comments are made by everyone and it's almost like the only thing I can equivalent to is like microaggressions but when you're a a closeted gay person you think oh they're judging them like that like even just small things back then when it was like oh that's so gay or like oh that gay guy and you're like that that felt negative so I think that was the only fear yeah yeah that's the only fear I ever really had and like my parents say now they're just like did you ever think that we weren't going to accept you and like it almost made them quite sad that that it had gone through my head that that they um might not and I I was even like it wasn't that I didn't think you would but also it's like I almost didn't accept myself then like yeah every time you say it when you first come out you jump off the cliff a little bit more to be like I'm gay I'm gay I'm gay and even now you meet new people and it's like it's almost like a secret that you're holding still until they confirm it for themselves and they have to be like oh or like do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no 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 totally I think um uh Taylor actually mentioned this in my last episode because he he was saying a similar thing where um 
And like he, he sometimes gets a bit frustrated with the conversation because he'll be having a conversation with someone and he was like, I um, sometimes struggle because I'm not um, perceived to be or like I don't I don't look or like even yeah. he was like even saying that is weird to say. But he was like, yeah. people don't think that I am. So if I'm like, oh, I went on a date with a guy and then they're immediately like, what? Yeah. And then and it like really kind of blindsided by it. And I think he that's the thing that he was saying can be quite frustrating yeah. is like constantly having to like have that same yeah, interaction with out. people. Do you know what I, I mean? I remember in my, in my first, um, in, in this engineering job, um, it was our Christmas party. So I joined in September, October and it was our Christmas party. And I remember one of the owners being like asking one of my coworkers being like, Oh, do you think Liam is like, you know, gay? And they were like, yeah, obviously he doesn't, he doesn't hide it. He doesn't, he doesn't scream it from the rooftops. Like, do you expect me to? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't hide it either. And he was just like, oh, okay. And it's just like another like little element of like, the question is asked all the time. And especially yeah. in a very white, straight male team, I don't know how well that was accepted. <laughs> sometimes, yeah, and but... that's, that must be really weird actually for you to think that could like be yet another kind of blockade especially yeah. if it's like in a job in a situation that you already didn't feel comfortable in yeah. as well it's just like yeah oh, yeah kind of puts you a little bit on the back foot yeah definitely and How, I think it did <laughs> um I suppose what you're just like circling back really quickly to um yeah. your parents and, and and what they were saying I guess yeah. it's that idea of um of like living authentic like your authentic self and yeah. like feeling as though you've maybe lost time, like not being your authentic self. And I can probably like see why they kind of empathize with the situation to be like, I hope that you haven't, you know, ever yeah. felt like you've lost time living with, like authentically yeah. to try and hide something that we will, would always accept yeah. and love you for. Yeah. I think especially with my mum, because we've, we have the strongest bond ever and we always have. And I think she was almost like almost hurt by that. I hadn't told her or she wasn't the first to know, like I told friends first and I was like, mm. it's just the way it happened. It had nothing to do with like our relationship. Um, it just, and it's almost like they're the most impactful people in your life. Aren't they yeah. like, yeah, cool. We love our friends. But at the end of the day, if they didn't accept it, then there would be a way to move on. But if your family doesn't accept it, then it's a lot, it's a lot harder, yeah, even definitely. though I, they obviously don't. And, and um, yeah, they they love it now. They watch they watch said TV dating program. I know. And we, like... I can't believe that this hasn't come up more. We have to, <laughs> we have to talk about it, guys. Okay, look. So Liam has has been on a show, and he's kind of pretty famous, and it's kind of a big fucking deal. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, the you're only using me. You're, only, you're, actually, you're actually using me to get more followers. The kind of <laughs> Pretty much. Everyone knows my story. Everyone by association, story. I'm like, <laughs> who am I to you? I'm I'm like the sta- what's her name like Stassi baby to your like Courtney Kardashian. <laughs> that was, just so is that her name, Stassi? Like, I have no clue, but I'm here for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can be stassy baby whenever you want oh my god thanks what is it can i just ask like, wait, what, it was eating with your ex wasn't it uh no it was um celebrity ex in the city oh shit similar okay, vibes sorry, similar vibes, sorry. Similar very vibes. similar vibes that's why i keep yeah. getting confused but yeah. what did you you filmed that in covid didn't you in covid yeah yeah, yeah. what was that in, whole experience like it was so bizarre because it was it went from like 
me getting a DM on Instagram and then a couple of my friends, they were like, no, it seems legit. And we'd had some wine and they were like, just reply. And I literally replied to this whole stream of messages going, yes. <laughs> and then before I, like, I was like, I don't know what to do here. Like, is this a scam? What is it? And then um, it just ended up snowballing. They were like, can we do a video um, FaceTime with you? And then I did that. And they were like, well, we'll see if you get selected. And then like two days later, they're like, you're selected. Here's a psych test. Here's the date you're going to come to film. And here's this, here's that. And like, with, honestly, within a week, that is I was on so set. That is so insane. Oh, my God. It was God. almost like no time to think about it. That's kind of um, probably, probably good, the best way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no way. Because you hear about this stuff happening. You're like, oh, like, I just can't believe that they actually just slipped into your DMs like that. Yeah. And it happened again with, I know it's, I mean, it's got huge now with the Australia one, but I got um, someone DM me about Married at First Sight. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Stop I don't, it. I don't think, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do that one just yet. Oh, my God. I'm, are you watching Married at First Sight right now? Because we I'm, are obsessed. I'm not, I, I'm not very far in. We're, I'm at a bit where I hate quite a few people, not to give too much away. Oh my, just you, season I'm like six. 10 or 11. Yeah, yeah, 10 or 11 episodes in. Oh, my. Oh, you have got... We had to turn it off last night because we were getting so angry and stressed yeah, at yeah, the yeah. TV. We were like, yeah. we can't watch another episode. <laughs> like, we were literally like, this is too much. And it was almost like bringing up our own issues with like what we feel in relationships. So we were like... This has gone too deep, yeah. This has gone too deep. Let's go to bed. Let's just say I had to have a psych test to go on TV for like 15 minutes and I don't think they did the same thing for the whole season. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I still got a psychiatrist now if I wanted to speak to them whenever, yeah. Oh, They're I really see. good now, yeah. Oh, so they do... So what, they like interview you beforehand? So I had, I had an in- interview and then I was meant to have a post-interview when she did actually... Oh, I feel really bad as she did email me, but I was just like... I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, it wasn't that big. Do you know what I mean? It's not like Love Island or yeah, Married yeah, yeah. Like, I was on TV for a bit. I'm, I'm not overwhelmed with, like, hate hate mail on or Do you know what I mean? So, I was did like, you get, Did they, you get responses from it? Did I you... actually didn't get anything. <laughs> I kind of was like, I was like, maybe I'll get a few more followers for, like, my PT or whatever. And then I remember it was airing and I was like, oh, God, it's going to blow up. And then you... it was like... <laughs> put the phone away like i yeah. can't i can't even I can't look wear, because look. I'm, I'm gonna turn over my phone and it's gonna be millions but just as my phone always looks when i turn it over a domino's email yeah. <laughs> purely domino's <laughs> loyal as fuck well, but there I they are they, every they time they me back every time <laughs> 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 oh my god that is so insane but oh, and i guess we you weren't like able to be close to people at all no so it was like we had to sit on like an, a super long table and <laughs> i had like an, an i'm sure that didn't make it any more awkward than it was. i know do you know what i almost think like it helped because it, oh, was, really? it didn't have to go to like a, like a physical flirting place it yeah. was very like Just chatty, chatty and jovial that's nice and um, so I don't know I, I'm glad it was that way and it went really well on the day and I'm glad how I presented mm. although I hate when you say it that came it came across it very like, well well it makes it seem like I'm glad I was presented but I was like that, that was just me do you know what I mean you know, like, that was, that's just me can you imagine if you, they'd edited yeah. I don't know I don't know how they could have to yeah. be honest the only but... thing I was cringing at is that I was just like in my like 
the one where they just take it film you they kept being like so do you think he's fit it was like being at school they were like so do you think he's fit do you think he's fit and then of course i was like yeah he's fit and then they're like say it like say it properly for the camera and like be more dramatic about it and i was like this is going to be embarrassing if he does not say the same and even though nothing came of it now at least on tv he said i was fit so yeah because <laughs> yeah, he but he did message you didn't he yeah, we messaged for like a little yeah. bit afterwards and then it just kind of like, well, I asked a question and then he didn't reply and I wasn't going to chase Follow and chase up. and chase. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. that's fine. Oh my God, that is so I, I won't crazy. cry myself to sleep. You're now one degree of separation away from Gemma Collins, the big JC. I know, the big JC. Can't believe it. Oh my God, we, that we means I'm to, two degrees of separation away from JC. <laughs> You can Still piggybacking your... off it, babe. Still piggybacking. Write <laughs> that on your Twitter handles, your, <laughs> your Insta handles. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I there are two things that I usually ask my guests as I wrap up the mm-hmm. podcast. So one of them is, um, what do you feel the most uncertain about right now? Uncertain about right now is yeah. relationships and love. That's the thing that causes the most turmoil. So that is definitely what I'm most uncertain and insecure about yeah i mean we did we barely even touched on covid data uh, but i imagine I it's know. an absolute shitmare oh my god if you have another episode we'll probably fill another whole i episode. should do a whole covid dating special shouldn't <laughs> yeah, i yeah what is one thing that you feel most certain about right now um i think one thing that i'm most certain about is who i'm becoming um i'm just really proud of the person like i've changed into not and like morphing into, I think when I look back five, ten years, and if that person could see me now, they'd be so proud of the person they saw. And it's always a development. It's always a journey. It doesn't stop ever. But um, yeah, I'm just proud of the person who I'm becoming, really. And that's oh, what I'm certain about. That's amazing. I love that. That's a great way to end the podcast. <laughs> My God. Um, oh, Liam, it's been so nice having you on. I've loved this. Is it so fun? I want to have you back. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna oh get God, this, whenever, this, whenever. this, uh, this COVID one in the in the diary, COVID dating yeah, one in the diary sure. for sure. But thank you. Well, so this is about much. this is about jobs. If you want to go in certain dating, then boy, have I got, have I got <laughs> a story or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, <laughs> have I got a plethora of stories? <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Can't wait to hear it. I need to crack open the second bottle of wine. <laughs> oh my God, we better. Hopefully, then we can do it together and just. In person, yeah, exactly, exactly, (laughs) for sure. Oh, it's been amazing. Thank you so so much. Um, and uh, we will be back with another episode very soon. Bye.